Hey, hey there, Liz here. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about five simple things you can do when everything is chaos. Because I know right now, a lot of people feel very overworked, very tired, tired to their core. And it feels like there's a lot of chaos going around. So I wanted to share five simple things that you can do to find that calm, even in the chaos. So to kind of come back to yourself. So let's jump right into it and learn about these five things. Well, hey there, I'm Liz St. Jean, and this is the Unruly Leadership Podcast, where I help subject matter experts like you design a career on your terms. It's where strategy meets intuition to help you break the rules, ignore the rules, and make your own damn rules. So let's break free from perfectionism, imposter thoughts, and that inner rule keeper that's keeping you in your career comfort zone. It's time to become unapologetically you and step into the life you were meant to live. We're going to talk presence, productivity, career, and having it all. Or, as my four-year-old would say, we're going to take over the world. So let's get to it. All right. So, like I mentioned in the opening, this week's episode is about the five simple things you can do when everything is chaos. And the reason I'm doing this episode is because, you know, I've been in a lot of conversations, seen a lot of conversations happening, and I know that people are feeling tired, like to their bones tired. Uh, for some people, there's also an overwhelm. I know not not everyone is feeling overwhelmed, but some people definitely are feeling overwhelmed, like just completely drowning and everything that's going on. But what I'm also seeing are a lot of people who are, you're holding it all together. You've got everything just held together. You're balancing it all kind of just perfectly. And it's almost like you don't, you know, you don't want to breathe out of fear that everything's going to come falling down, just tired. There's chaos going around. You're kind of putting fires out, running from place to place, putting fires out, whether it's that you're a team leader or you're a middle manager and you're putting fires out on behalf of your team. You're trying to support your team with all the demands with your organizations, with your companies, trying to kind of come out of the pandemic and, and regain any losses there have been in the pandemic. Or if you're a subject matter expert and you're just feeling lots of pressure because Maybe your organization, your company has lost a lot of talent and you're kind of still holding things together. Or maybe everyone's coming to you. Maybe you're growing. Maybe you're in a company that's actually growing, coming out of the pandemic growing, but it means you have a lot of new people. So they're coming to you as a subject matter expert. And so you're feeling overworked and trying to balance all the work you're trying to get done alongside mentoring, onboarding, and helping out the new people joining. You know, whatever it is, my sense is that you're tired and, and there's chaos and you're busy and there's work stress and there's all these things that are going on. So what I wanted to give you were five simple things you can do, things you can really start implementing right away, but that do really have an impact on managing in that chaos, on, dare I say, finding the calm even, even in the chaos. 
this is a common thread, a common theme for most of my clients. I'd say 90% of my clients, um, especially folks who come into the Powerful Presence Society, that's PPS, um, and then continue on to the mastermind that's available afterwards. Often it's about how to show up powerfully and be calm and be connected to the people around you, even when there's chaos swirling around you. Right. Because sometimes the chaos can be out of our control. Right. Especially especially if you're in an, in an area where upper management is, is struggling. If your senior leadership is struggling, you're kind of seeing them, you're seeing them struggle as well. That struggle, you know, feels like it trickles. Right. It comes down. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things we can do for that. And I can get we'll get into tactics and strategies. And there's other episodes about that, about what you can do kind of tactically and strategically and to work on that within your organization. What's really powerful is when you work on that mental fitness for yourself so that essentially no matter what's happening, no matter how much there's fires going on and no matter how stressed out your boss is or your senior management is, that you can still find calm, that you can still find that place of calm within yourself and show up powerfully, kind of be that beacon. We talked about this in one of our recent PPS cohort sessions a couple of weeks ago, either last week or the week before. We were talking about this, about how you know, sometimes there can be people on a team that really come in with an energy that pulls down the energy. And it, it can, you can find yourself, even if you're the manager of the team or the project manager or team leader, subject matter expert, you can still have someone on the team that pulls down your energy. I'm sure we've all experienced that. And what we talked about were the ways that, that instead that you can show up at a higher energy, at a more positive, powerful energy and, and, and still meet them somewhere in the middle, kind of meet them, meet them where they're at a bit, but still pull them up to your energy rather than you being pulled down to their energy. So I, what I wanted to give you for this week, especially because I know how overwhelmed you are, I know how overworked you feel, I wanted to give you simple things. So let's jump right into it. So number one, number one is a twist on something you probably already know. So the number one is to go for a walk. Go for a walk, get your body moving. And especially in nature, as anything you can do to get into nature, into a forest, whether or whether there's trees or birds or water, there's a lot of research around how that impacts the, your brain, like how your brain finds calm in that. So I want you to do it. And I'm sure you've heard this before, right? I'm not the first person saying this. What I do want to give the twist for is that if this is actually for everyone, but especially if you're the kind of person who you kind of get in your own head. <laughs> I, I'm part of the Overthinkers Anonymous Club, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Anyone else, you know, you really get in your head and you can overthink things. And maybe even on a walk, you're going to spend most of the walk sort of thinking or on your phone. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, what I want you to do in that case, and this goes for everyone, like I said, it goes for everyone, but especially my overthinkers out there. I want you to focus on your body. I want you to focus on your emotions and on your feeling and um, what you're experiencing. And I actually want you to be intentional about it. I don't want you just to kind of observe. Like you can do that too. You can observe. But what's even more powerful is to focus on how you want to feel and just, and, and this sounds so like matrixy in a way, but like feel it. The more you can, you know, the more you can focus on how you feel. I just, and it's almost like you decide, like I am going to feel that way. That feeling will come, and it's gonna, it's gonna translate back up to your mind, um, to to the thoughts. So focus on your body. 
and really identify, like get specific, um, more specific than I want to feel good or I want to feel happy. I want you to get really specific with the emotion or the state or the trait that you want to be feeling. And to help you out, I've got a few examples here. These are ones that some of my clients have used. And then I also went and, and looked for other ones as well. So what I, I'm going to offer you to take at least one of these, maybe even take more. And um, for those of you, if you're just listening, you can also hop over to the show notes and they're all, I'll put them down in the show notes down below or over on my website. You can get them there as well. So here are some examples of how you might want to feel on the walk. Calm. Joy. Peaceful. Clear. Still. Quiet. Composed. Collected. Poised. Relaxed. Patient. Or serene. Okay. There's some options there. And if those don't resonate for you, that's totally fine too. And I'm going to give you a different resource. Actually, this is a resource I recommend. I love this resource. And it's a website called Word Hippo. Word Hippo, like word then hippo.com. And it's essentially an online dictionary slash thesaurus slash everything else. And I use it all the time. I use it for my writing quite often, like to find, like you would use any dictionary or thesaurus to find other words. Uh, but I actually also use it for my emotional vocabulary. So for those of you, and I'm sure it's a lot of you, have been following it, you know, all the writings around emotional intelligence and vulnerability, everything by Brene Brown, all of that. We know that the better you can identify and describe your emotional state and have a stronger emotional vocabulary, the, the better control you have of your emotional state. So being able to specifically identify your emotions is so powerful. And so how I use Word Hippo is I'll go there and I use it one of two ways most often, most frequently. One is if I can only think of the more common word, you know, like happy, even even joy. I, I love the word joy and joyful, by the way. I love that word, but I use it a lot. So at least in my own head. So I would go there and find a synonym for one of those words. Okay, that's a little bit more of an obvious one. The other thing, though, you can do, and I actually did that, did both of these for this exercise to come up with words for you, is take the word that you are currently feeling, the, 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 um, the uncomfortable negative state. Sometimes they say uncomfortable or the, quote, negative emotional state you're having. So like in this case, chaos was the word. And you look up the antonyms and see what comes up for the antonyms for something like chaos or whatever it is that you're feeling. If you're feeling frustrated, stressed. Um, overworked, right? Overwhelmed, any of those words, go and look up the antonym. And then you might not, here's a, this is a part, a little bonus tip. You might not get the, the word you're looking for right away, but then, so let's say we start with chaos, go look up a word of an antonym and take one that's close, but maybe doesn't quite hit it. And then look up the synonym for that word. Okay. So there's two plus a bonus tip on, on how to expand your emotional vocabulary. Um, easily and quickly because if you're anything like me like I I don't know I didn't learn about any of this stuff any of this emotional intelligence stuff until oh gosh I don't even know how many years I was into my career so I did not have a very strong emotional vocabulary so this has been very important for me in my learning and I, I just I really recommend it and word hippo can be your best friend I promise <laughs>
Okay, so that's your number one simple thing, but with a little twist. Number two, number two is when you are feeling chaos, especially especially at work, but it can be at home too, but especially in the workplace, there's chaos, overworked, maybe overwhelmed, all the things going on. I want you to identify your goal. Identify your goal. What are you working towards specifically? Not what are you doing? Because I find way too often professionals get caught up in what needs to be done, what, what we're doing, what needs to be done, as opposed to what we're trying to accomplish. So what's your goal? Um, six months from now, like six months is kind of a good timeline for this. You know, what will you have accomplished in six months? How will you know that what you're doing today is successful six months from now? Now, depending on your industry, three months might make more sense, maybe even 12 months, but six months, six to 12 months is usually a nice timeline because it's kind of far enough out that you're not feeling that um, tightness of a bit of ang ang anxiousness coming in, that tightness of feeling that, oh my goodness, how are we going to get this done in time? You're giving yourself time, but you're not putting it too far out, right? This is not like a three, five-year goal that you're kind of slowly heading towards you want it close enough in time that you can you can still see it but far enough away that you're not feeling tight and anxious about it but i really want you to focus on what what is this outcome what is the accomplishment going to be what's the impact that you're trying to have and really come back to that every time that you start to notice that you feel you're feeling either flustered your you know inbox is going crazy and you've got too many to-do lists and that I would actually even recommend like stepping away from your desk, either either closing your laptop, but step away from your desk. Remind yourself, what are we trying to accomplish? And then ask yourself, what's the most important thing I can do towards that goal? Okay, what's the most important thing? Because if you're feeling overworked, like if you feel like you're having to work extra hours and you're scrambling to keep up with things chances are you're not going to do everything anyways so what you want to do is you really need to narrow in on what your priorities are and your priorities need to be tied to an outcome right what's the outcome going to be okay so i really want you to do that identify your goal and make sure what you're doing passes that kind of, kind of like a litmus test like how is this thing that i'm you know is this email is answering this email going to help me towards my goal yes or no and really try to mitigate yes or no as best you can and if everything is a yes well maybe we'll do another podcast about that about prioritizing so we can we'll come back to that another time okay so that's number two number three i want you to find someone and talk to someone here's the key part who will hold space for you hold space for you that's a very coachy term. So a lot of you might not have heard this term before. I'm feeling very woo-woo myself, even as I use it. Oh my goodness, I'm kind of shaking my head at myself. But it is really important. So the idea of holding space. So as a coach, what we do go through with our training is that holding space. Like we do it professionally, but I'm sure you have someone in your life, like either someone you know, or perhaps through your organization, you have trained professionals either in your company. Often conflict management professionals are often good to go to. Maybe you have access to BetterUp, like through one-off coaching sessions through BetterUp, through your, maybe through your EAP. And what I, what I mean, I should have said this earlier, what I mean by holding space is that they give you space that's non-judgmental, 
They ask you questions. They don't turn the spotlight back on themselves. They're not competing, right? We've all had that. We all have that friend who you that does the one-upping and I'm sure we all do it. Come on, like, 100%. We've all done it too. Like, don't, we can't just judge others. But find that person who you know is really good at doing that, at holding that space for you, letting you express yourself and letting letting you get it out, like having a BFF. And um, I know a lot of times we do, we'll either text or send a message to someone, but I really encourage you to find some time, even if it's just 10 minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes to actually express it verbally, getting it out expressing it, ha having even that space, that conversation with someone who's really listening, who really cares and will give you the time and give you essentially the spotlight, but give you that space to express. And then that way you can get it out, give it a place to breathe and get and get out of uh, get it out of yourself. You know, this is actually one of the one of the best parts about PPS, Powerful Presence Society, is that we have that space. That when we have a cohort go together, they're giving each other space and I'm right there with them, guiding them to create a safe space to talk. But it really is a place where we can share and we can learn from each other and we really get it out. And this is something that I hear over and over and over again from the participants who are in there, from the mentors, that they just love to have the space to share, to learn from one another. And so I really encourage you to find that as well, to find a place where you can get that. And if this is something you're interested in, definitely come sign up for the PPS waitlist. We will do another cohort um, next January. There'll be another cohort running. So make sure you get signed up for that waitlist and, and join us on the next round. Then number four is a... Perhaps it's an obvious one as well, but I did want to share because it is so important. And that is to make sure you have mindful moments in your day. Mindful moments. And I really do mean moments. Like this doesn't have to be a, um, like a 20 minute yoga session with, you know, deep meditation. Like if you can do that as well, like that's amazing. But it can also be moments. So I'll give you my example. This is why I included it in here because I often think about this just to share like my own example is that um, I have this exfoliant that I use. And so I use, I have it um, in the shower and I use it. And I mean, it's not for very long, but I, when I use it, like all I'm doing is concentrating on that exfoliant on my skin. I'm just sort of just being in that moment. I'm just being, and I'm just focused very closely on that, that feeling of, you can't see me obviously, but I'm kind of got my hand up close to my face and I'm rubbing it as though, as though I have it, but I'm just focused on that feeling on my, on my cheeks and my cheeks, especially I find, I, and I don't know the research here, what it is on my cheeks, but like the cheeks and on my skin and just feeling it like bit of that um that grit on my skin and it just takes me away from everything else and just gives me that mindful moment of being in that experience it's kind of similar to the first one about feeling your body getting used to feeling your body okay so what's your mindful moment what's what's a moment you can have you know maybe it's at the same time as going for that walk just really getting present being very mindful of that walk um another example i'd heard once was for your, um, for your children, like taking a moment, just like just really looking at your child or at a loved one or at a picture, just like just looking at it and appreciating it and loving it, but just being in that moment. 
and just focusing and being mindful for that moment. Lesson number four, mindful moments. Now, number five is, again, you might have heard this one before, so maybe I'm just reinforcing something you've heard, especially if you haven't heard this one before. This one is so, so critical, which is to breathe and pause, right? And, and find that calm inside. Figure out where it sits inside of you. It might sit in different places for people. Um, for me, I can feel it kind of really in my center. That's where I feel it. And uh, just really get into that breath, deep breaths, opening up your body. Get the oxygen circulating around. <sighs> that calms the body. There's a, this is, I guess this whole episode really is about that like mind-body connection a bit, right? But it really calms your body. Take a pause, take a moment. Because we go, 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 go so much that it's just absolutely imperative to be able to pause, to breathe, to find the calm. And I really encourage you for anyone who um, hasn't sort of, I would say, even like figured out where your calm is. This is such a phenomenal exercise to, to learn yourself, to learn what your calm feels like. Very similar to that walk when I was talking about earlier about about the finding that emotion, right? I think I even, yeah, I said calm earlier as, an, as that state, as that feeling to have. But this is so powerful because when you, when you know what it feels like, you can slip into it so much more quickly. You can find that place quickly. And this is where that even, even in the chaos, even with everything happening around you, you can find that calm. You can find that place. You can feel it. Okay, so often we try to work on the mind first, right? And it is a really common way. And that's another, um, there's a, a mental fitness there as well, about changing your thoughts and have and control and um, like having control, like mind control over yourself in a sense. And that is really powerful. And what I'm offering here is, is, that, is a suggestion that starting with your body sometimes is also powerful or sometimes even more powerful. Um, yeah, maybe working on your thoughts first can be powerful sometimes, but sometimes working on your body first can be so powerful. And I mentioned that earlier, it's almost like you can just decide to be calm. Just like, I'm going to be calm now. And if you know what that feels like, you can find it. You know, I think about, um, it's been many years, but I used to play different types of competitive sports. And um, I, did, I did skiing, I did different, different kinds of sports. And um, one of the things is as when you practice it, when you got into it, you could just you could just slide into it like you could just step into that whatever um, position or holding your body in a certain way and you just your body just knew it it was very comfortable in that position and it is the same way with finding calm or any of those other uh, examples that I had earlier finding peace finding poise feeling serene or patient finding any of those when you practice it you can slide into it so much more easily. And breathing is part of all of them. <sighs> breathing. You'll notice, like, if for those of you, hopefully some of you are doing that with me right now, you should do that with me right now. Take a breath. And for a lot of you, what you'll notice, you probably just notice this, 
is that you will you release some tension in your shoulders your body opened up a bit maybe a lot but at least a little bit right you're opening you're feeling more open right and you're going to feel more powerful so like i mentioned this is something that we do in in um pps and powerful present society is that how do we feel more powerful how do we feel that openness openness to new ideas showing up more powerfully it's really important so all of these pieces are important hey number one go for a walk and practice feeling and practice intentionally feeling a feeling that's going to help you have that calm in the chaos Number two, identify your goal and make sure what you're doing is working towards that goal. You're not just doing things for doing sake. What is the goal you're working towards? Number three, finding uh, someone who you can talk to, hold space for you, right? Even if it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be some professional. If you have access to someone professional, it's wonderful, but it doesn't have to necessarily be someone. It can be a, a friend. It can be a work colleague, but you want someone who's going to be non-judgmental, who's going to listen, let you have that space. Number four, mindful moments. Find your mindful moments, something that you can do. Um, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but something you really can do on a daily basis or every couple of days. But if you can get into a habit of a daily basis, a mindful moment, it doesn't have to be long, but just that regular practice of mindful moments. And then number five, let's do it again together. Breathe, pause, feel what it feels like for you to find that calm. Okay. Now I want you to take at least one of those, if not all five, like these are fairly simple. So they, you can build them in, but I also know it, it's a lot to change your habits. Like that's a whole other piece we can talk about about habit change and building these habits but at least pick one pick one and commit to me commit to yourself for for the next week do that one so it's either go for a walk intentional intentionally with your with your feelings identify your goal talk to someone find your mindful moments or breathe i want you to pick one of those five for this next week and, and let me know how it goes. Reach out to me. However you know how to find me, you can, I mean, check the show notes. There's lots of ways to come find me. Send me a DM on LinkedIn. You can find me um, in the Facebook group. You can send me an email. However you want to find me, let me know how it goes. Let me know which one you chose of those five, which one really resonated for you, or even which one are you already doing? And maybe you can add one more to your toolkit. So with that, have yourself a wonderful week and I'll be back at you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, if this podcast helped you or inspired you in any way, I would love for you to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. It takes about 20 seconds, if that, and it's, it's honestly the easiest way for you to thank me for this episode. Every time I see a review, it brings me so much joy and it just lights me up. So if you could do that for me, I would be ever so grateful. Now, the other thing you can do is you can take a screenshot of this episode or even a screenshot of your review and send it to a friend or share it in a Facebook group or even post on your LinkedIn newsfeed to let other people know about this podcast and this episode. 
Thanks again. And now get out there and start breaking some rules.